Welcome to the Cross the Line Podcast. My name is Carlos Smith, and today's episode is sponsored by Charlene's Home Cooking on 1136 East Blackstock Road in Moore, South Carolina. Charlene's Home Cooking is a family restaurant that cooks like grandma with fresh veggies, meats cooked to order. You can do a meat with two sides, a meat with three sides, or a veggie plate, along with sweet tea, Kool-Aid, and lemonade. Cakes, pies, cobbler are also available for dessert. She wants you to feel at home anytime you visit her, so make sure you stop by Monday, Thursday, and Saturday from 11 to 6, and Friday and Sunday from 11 to 7. Everything is fresh from the heart, and she would love to see you sometime. And also, she just added in a salad bar, so that might be something you fellas want to go check out before the play or after the play next Saturday. But two, today I have two special guests with me, two young black entrepreneurs. Um, I'm happy for them. I'm looking forward to next week. They have a, a big play coming up. And right now I'm sitting with the owners of the CEO of Showtime Production, Mr. Johnny Sizemore and Mr. Kerry Grill. What's going on, What's fellas? What's going on, man? So how y'all feeling about next week? Excited. So it's been a, uh, the encore presentation. So can you kind of tell us a little bit for the people that missed it, what is the play like the plot about? Well, collateral damage is basically a handful or in a nutshell itself what the what the play is about is basically a story about a family who experiences uh, a tragic loss uh, the patriarch of their family is tragically killed in a car accident um, from there there's a series of events regarding this family that leads them down a road that unravels a whole bunch of secrets um, and deceit and it basically shows that the decisions that we make and how they affect other people mm-hmm. and how we can become collateral damage based off of somebody else's decisions. Do y'all feel like it's kind of a little bit of pressure, you know, already performing this play one time and going back and doing it a second time? Or is it kind of like second nature at this point? Uh, it's a little bit, a little bit of both uh, for me, uh, because the first audience that got a chance to see it, they were so impressed and wow. So the pressure was on to ensure that we took it up a notch to make sure that the new patrons get just as much of the goodness that the first audience got plus a little bit more. Mm-hmm. But then it's a second nature to us because we've been in the business for three years now and we got an opportunity to see what worked the first time and we got a mm-hmm. chance to implement some brand new things and brand new uh, auras in the story that's going to enhance it the most. So is it still the same? Is the play going to be exactly the same or when you say that did you kind of add some stuff this time around? It's not the same. Um and we do encores of all of our shows. Mm-hmm. They all happen in August. Uh, we usually do our first show around May, June. And we always have an encore show mm-hmm. in August of whatever show we're doing that year. Um, in our personal opinions, the other two shows that we've done encores for, they weren't. They were under. Or under, yeah. Mm-hmm. Versus the, the original debut. So this time... We wanted to make sure that we not only took the bar up, but we made it more feasible for people who did come to see the show um, to give them a reason to come back and then make our brand new audience, you know, see what we have to offer as well. So you already have in mind that you're going to do Encore every time or is it something you just like, you know, depending on how it does the first time? Yeah, it really depends on how it does the first time. And then what we do is we do the show, we debut the show to see what works and what does not work. Mm-hmm. Then we come back for the encore presentation to, to record it uh, professionally to shop it around to networks, uh, distribution companies to see, hopefully get picked up. Right. And so uh, we also celebrate three years in, our, in the business every August. That's when we launched our organization in August of 2016. So it's like a cel- celebration encore the presentation every year we want to do. So let, let's go back a little bit. Um, I was actually telling my, my camera... Camera got Calvin how we actually met because last year 
I just happened to reach out to you because you came through for me in the clutch when I actually needed a camera guy uh -huh. at the last minute. So, so that's actually how I met Johnny. And, uh, and ever since then, every time if I needed something, he would be able to help me out. So, um, so tell people go, right now, how did Showtime Productions go about? How did you guys actually link up? Uh, it, it all started one day from just an idea. Um, we've been doing music for the last 15 years mm -hmm. and, um, I kind of got burnt out doing it because I've been doing it, doing it, going, 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 singing, singing, singing. I said, it's got to be more. I think we can have a greater impact doing something else outside of the four walls of the church. And so one day I was like, you know what? Let's just do a play. It was just that simple. And then we got together and we just started talking. We got a vision board, put it together. And three years later, it's we have a successful entertainment company. So did y'all do any kind of like acting in school? I know you said you did some singing. Well, was acting something you did in school or was it just? Yeah, I did. I participated um, in a local theater we have around here. It's called the White Woods uh, Phyllis Wheatley Repertory Theater. Mm -hmm. And I participated from uh, middle school on up to high school where I sung, I danced, um, did acting. But uh, it, for me, what really plays a big role in what we do in Showtime is the writing. And I never knew the passion that I carried for writing until I took a creative writing class in eighth grade. And um, I wrote a play and it was about, it was based upon, I'm a big horror movie, so I love horror. So mm -hmm. the play was based upon Scream. Uh, I don't know if y'all seen yeah, Scream. Scream. Yeah. <laughs> so um, I just kind of wrote a high school version of the story Scream and like my teacher loved it and the class loved it. And so we ended up putting it on for the whole entire school. And so from there, that birthed something in me I didn't even know existed. So I've been writing short stories and, and doing stuff like that, which has been my main focus as, as part of Showtime, not necessarily the acting, but more so the writing and the behind the scenes stuff. So John, do you let him pretty much do most of the writing or or is it kind of like a collaboration with the writer? Uh, he does he does 90% of the writing. Uh, mm -hmm. It's a collaboratory. It's, we collaborate mm -hmm. together. Uh, what we do is we'll get a vision board. We put pictures on the board and we just stare at them for a week or two. And then they start, their personality starts speaking to us through their pictures. That's kind of weird. Mm -hmm. But uh, we kind of develop the storyline from there. And then uh, he'll write something. He'll shoot it over to me. And I'll say, well, no, let's change this, change this, write something, send it back. And it's just a process until we get to the, to the end of it. Mm -hmm. Yeah, it's more of a, like, we talk the ideas through. ideas out and mm -hmm. as into where I can translate it into an actual conversation mm -hmm. for these characters that we created. Does it, is it more of like a the stuff that you put in your plays? Is it from personal experience or just something that's kind of just creative? And it's both. Yeah. Um, you know, because I, I feel like that you come in contact with a lot of people. uh you hear a lot of different things. You experience a lot of different things. So it's a mixture of, for me, it's a mixture of both. Yeah. Talk. Let's go back to the, uh, I want to get away from the vision board. Talk about, for people listening, how important is it to have a vision board? You feel like? Oh, it is. It is very important. Um, you have to have, you have to cast a vision, see a vision, and then run with that vision. Mm -hmm. And that's what we do with our vision boards. Um, we don't just go and say, we're going to do this, we're going to do that. We, it's a process, and um, we know somewhat of the direction we want to go in, but taking that moment to stare at a vision board, to put our ideas on that, and let it work itself through that is, is, is most important. It's 
it's the heartbeat of our uh, creative process. Who would y'all say was been like the most <clears throat> influential which for you guys going through all of this, like a mentor at this point? Um, Tyler Perry is mm-hmm. one of the most. He's one of the. He's the. He's a goat. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of people. I saw you say that in one of your posts too. Say he was a goat. Yeah. Um. Now let me say this. Some of his plays and movies, they're okay, but just his business and his creativeness is phenomenal. To see him go from sleeping in his car mm-hmm. to being one of the most influential business moguls of all time. Uh, this guy has taken the initiative to build a whole studio to employ so many individuals mm-hmm. in Atlanta. That's that's inspiring to me mm-hmm. to let me know that no there's no limits to what we can do. Um, he said something at BET Awards. About, oh, I love the speech at BET mm-hmm. Awards. He's talking yeah. about how everybody's fighting for a seat at the table, but he's busy creating his own. That was one of the most powerful, powerful things, things that could have yeah. been said that mm-hmm. sparked inside of me that we, we sometimes... There are people who are born into greatness, and there are people who have to work for it. And sitting around waiting for somebody to hand you something, you'll be sitting there all your life. If you don't put the work in for yourself to obtain those things that you have, you'll never have it, nor will you appreciate it if you ever have the opportunity to, to obtain it. Uh, I, I agree 100%. That's actually how I was. I've, I've been in this situation because, you know, for me, I could. I never, when I got out of school, I thought, I said all the time, I thought, when me in broadcasting, I thought, once I get my degree, I'll be able to just go to ESPN mm-hmm. or Fox Sports or anywhere and just get a job. But it didn't work that way. Unless you really know somebody yeah. who's plugged in, then they'll get you in. But for me, I was still like learning. and I didn't know a whole lot of people. So for me, it was just pretty much lack of experience or whatever. And a lot of times, even if you do have experience, sometimes people higher up, they want to, they'll probably get somebody that they're more comfortable, comfortable with absolutely. instead of somebody that they're not too familiar with. So for me, it was like, you know what, let me go ahead. I'm going to create my own opportunity mm-hmm. and I still want to position myself to win and other people and bring people along the way with me. So that's what it's all about for me. Just pull up, grinding, creating my own, have my own opportunity and showing people that they can do the same thing. Mm-hmm. And also put my, put people in position, not just our people, but people in general, but especially our people, because we already have, a harder fight anyway. Absolutely. Absolutely. But that's, that's one thing. That's one of the things, uh, one of the uh, reasons why we launched Showtime Productions because uh, the theater in the upstate, it's, you don't see many of people who look like us on stages uh, at some of the bigger, the biggest Peace Center, uh, Little Theater, things like that. So we wanted to create an opportunity for people of color, of any ethnicity, to get involved in theater, to learn, to have the same experiences that they could have in Hollywood, Atlanta. We wanted to build a culture here to provide film opportunities, television opportunities, theater, uh, behind the scenes, training, all that kind of stuff. So how how, uh, how do y'all get the word out for your plays? Is it kind of word of mouth or is it promotion? How do you get the word out for like casting and find people you want in? Social media. Social media. Mm-hmm. Social media is. Is like, everything. Is everything, yeah. We do, uh, we're doing radio now. Mm-hmm. So hopefully uh, that will branch off into some other yeah, we just started doing radio this year. Okay, um, but most of it is uh, it's all social media, word of mouth, and uh, we put a lot of time and attention on our website and also our social media pages on Instagram and Facebook. Uh, we always try to increase our followers. Always make sure that the activity is there because you don't want people following a page but you never post. Mm-hmm. Right. So um, we try to keep the activity busy so we can build our following 
And every time we do a show, we're doing something, we're trying to build our audience. So mm-hmm. do y'all try to keep the same cast members or is it kind of like a new a new set of cast members every for every play? Well, um, we like to we like to provide the opportunities for new aspiring mm-hmm. actors. But we do have a core a group core, yeah. Yeah, who are so um, excited about being part of this organization. They don't want to go anywhere. And in, in this instance, somebody new comes in and they drop the ball. We have our folks mm-hmm. ready to step up. Right. So let's talk about uh, practice for the plays. How, how much How much do you guys actually practice for the plays? Do you practice more for the first time around or is it more for like the encore when you, when you got to do it again? It's consistent no matter what we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> with the whole process uh, for this show, we did the debut in June, but rehearsal started in November. Um, and so we rehearse for about six, seven months um, every week. And then when, as we get close, we go to, to two rehearsals a week. Uh, we do break what we call breakout sessions where uh, we have maybe two or three people in the same scene where we'll meet up during the week and we just focus on that mm-hmm. scene um, just to make sure. And then when we all come together, like the people that weren't at the breakout session, they get to watch something fresh and new and something we created. So we keep it interesting. Rehearsals are never boring because mm-hmm. we're always changing. We're always trying to find ways to improve and make the story more mm-hmm. um, enticing. So what what do y'all anticipate the second time around for this play? Um, we anticipate our fans to be barely entertained, mm-hmm. impressed, and they're going to leave wanting so much more. Um, anytime you come to a Showtime Productions, it's not the typical stage play that you'll go to where you're like, oh, okay, that was really nice. Like people run out doing intermission mad or they'll sit there because they wanted the intermission to come on because they want to know what's right. going on next. Um, we hear our audience talking back to us throughout the whole entire show. You know how you got an old lady in the bag. You better not do that. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <clears throat> Talk about this. I'm a, and I'm going to tie this in the sports because I'm a sports guy. So. My my all time favorite player was Kobe Bryant, and uh, he he said all the time like when people ask him what part that he enjoyed the most about basketball, he always said the preparation for him. He enjoyed the preparation more than the actual game. So for you guys, what do you enjoy most, the preparation or actually being on stage performing? For me, it's it's the preparation because um, we're very family oriented, so. We see these people two and three times a week. Um, we hang out with them. They become our family. So it's like we enjoy this time of getting ready for the show. We get close. Um, and then when the show comes, it's like we spend all this time together for about for like two hours. And then it's, all of a sudden it's over. Mm-hmm. So uh, for me, I enjoy more of the preparation. I appreciate the show, but I enjoy the preparation. I, I would say the preparation for mm-hmm. me as well because uh, we get the opportunity to see raw talent mm-hmm. who come in very inexperienced. Then they leave as some of the greatest talent we have in this upstate to be able to coach and develop so many um, talented actors and actresses. That, that's that's the joy for us. Those mm-hmm. who gave up on their dreams of acting, never thought that they could, just had a desire or an idea to get into it. But to be able to put be hands on to mold and develop their gift is one of the greatest feelings. Now, are y'all mostly in the plays, or do y'all pretty much just direct it and let other We're people? We're not in the plays. <laughs> We're not. We write, produce, direct all of our shows. Okay. And how how many have y'all done so far? This is our third stage play, but we have three stage plays, a short film, a pilot. Mm-hmm. And so, out of the stage plays, yeah. we did we've done 
nine total shows out of the three, out of the three yeah. shows. Because yeah. I've seen some clips online. It's, to me, it looks so real. It's like an actual like movie or TV <laughs> show. I'm like, hey, what, what they got going on? Are those like, what are those like a show or is like a little? No, those, those, those are trailers. Yeah, trailers. Yeah, you see, see a trailer. You see inserts from the actual stage plays, and they, like I said, the characters. They're so, I mean, the actors are so into their characters. Half the time, you don't know if it's real, if they act, or if that's really them. Mm-hmm. And that's what you'll notice a lot in our promotions because um, that's our brand. We we try to make it real life. Mm-hmm. So when we do promotions, it's not based off of an aspect of a play. When you look at a, a, promo, a promo for our shows, it looks like a real movie mm-hmm. because it's real life. Right. So, Talk to me about the, the pilot. So when you do a pilot, is that for like trying to get it picked up? By somebody, or is mm-hmm. it? How, how does that process go? It's strenuous uh, because you have to write a script, uh, film the script, and then you have to edit it and make sure that it, things are packaged right. It, it meets the standards for if we want to get picked up for Netflix. There's certain cameras you have to use. Mm-hmm. It's 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 a whole lot that goes into it. It's, mm-hmm. Nothing happens overnight, but just the process of learning what works and what does not work. Um, being rejected to go, it makes us work even harder. Things like that. Talk about when you when you first started and you had to. You like you guys said we're gonna go into business together. Talk about that process. Was it like when you just getting like a little bit of equipment at a time and, and all of this stuff? How talk about how it was at the very beginning. Well, first of all, we stepped out doing this knowing absolutely nothing. <laughs> um, so it was just like okay, we just gonna learn by trial and error. So. Uh, the first time we did a show, uh, everything we did was rented. We rented everything. Um, after doing that, the first, the first round of shows, we realized the amount of money that we were spending in renting and compared it to let's pay off and own this stuff. And that way, when we do a show, that's a cost that's, that's already um, limited. So we purchased our first set, what, last year? 2017, yeah. Yeah, we, we bought our first set, um, and that alone cut our budget Tremendously, um, so yeah, it's 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 a little uh, trial and error. We start buying things and owning things now to where we're able to go in, just rent a facility and bring our own stuff and do. Yeah, because I, I was gonna say I saw something online in one of your videos. It's like y'all had like a whole crew that was kind of like shooting a video or something. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. So I was like, man, y'all were y'all was like y'all was looking good, man. Y'all got a whole crew. You got the cameras set up. So that's why I was asking, like, how did you start? Did you? Did you would you tell people to like start small and just get piece Absolutely by piece? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's either go big or go home. Go big or go home. And the thing about it is, um, what you limit yourself to is where you will stay. If you limit yourself to just being small enough to get by, then that's where you will stay because you always feel like you have to do this just to get by. But if you launch so far in the deep to where you don't have nothing but for it to work, there's no you have no other option but for mm-hmm. it to work. Yeah, and also. Um, surround yourself with people who are like minded. Mm-hmm. Um, when people and people who believe in what you're doing. So, like, if you are filming something and somebody is only looking for a dollar, mm-hmm. you need somebody you, who understands what you're trying to do, what you're trying to accomplish. Mm-hmm. Somebody that's going to come in and grow with you. So that way, when you make it, I make it, or when I make it, you make it, and we, and we did this thing together. That's exactly what I say all the time. And I, I tell anybody to help me out, and I appreciate them for coming, my, mm-hmm. my team for coming with me. I'm like, man, I don't really have the most to give you right now, but mm-hmm. I would say if I'm on, and you are, know you own regardless, that's because work. Yeah. that's how it's supposed to yeah, be. You got to get people who understand the process and who can go through the process with you. Like, 
Nothing happens instantaneously. Nothing happens overnight. And it's those people who will go and grow with you that will appreciate it once you are where you want to be. So is it hard for you guys to manage? I don't know if you guys have a a separate job on the side, but is it hard to kind of manage? If you do, is it hard to manage, like, writing your plays and working at a job at the same time? How how is it for you guys? (laughs) Well, one of us is a little different uh, because uh, I have a little more responsibility at my nine to five. So and that just recently happened. So it it is a a big difference for me as far as trying to balance that. Uh, Now, for him, it's it's completely different because he doesn't do anything (laughs) at work, whatever. So my my boss, such a great guy, he uh, sees the potential of what we're trying to do. And he opens up the avenue for me to be able to work here nine to five and also grow my business at the same time. And it's big, man, because a lot of time, a lot of jobs, they don't really care about what you got going mm-hmm. on outside of them. It's like, when you here, we, we need you here. Like, that's whatever it. you do, that's, you do that on your time, but on our time, we need you here. So, that's, that's why, I, that's why I like to ask that question because, and I had a lady, um, when I first started doing this, she was telling me, never knew the lady, um, just walked in because I had, did another interview with somebody else and they told me, you just go see her and talk to her. And she was asking me what I was doing. I was like, you know, I'm working two jobs right now and I'm trying to do this. And the very first thing she told me, she was like, you know, you're going to have to give up something to really get what you want. Mm-hmm. She's like, you can't. She's like, you can't do it. It ain't going to work. She's like, it's not going to work that way. She was like, I, I had another job and I was trying to do the restaurant. And she said, I'm going to tell you, I quit my job. And she's like, 21 years later, I'm still standing. So wow. she was like, you really just got to go yeah. all in on, on what you want, because if not, then it, it won't work like like she was saying. But so that's why I tell people who ask me, I'm like, man, just just do it. And you might not know everything along the way. I mean, starting out, but just go ahead and, and do it. So I want to ask you guys, like, what else was some of the best advice that you received? Uh, never give up and um, go after everything that you want. When we first started, there were there were there were some people who tried to talk us out of doing this. Uh, they told us. Uh, ticket prices were too high. Nobody was going to come to your first show. This mm. and that. But you can't. You have to surround yourself with people who will believe in you and push you as much as you believe in yourself. Best advice? Yeah, I, w- I would say the same thing. And then uh, I was you. You have to. You have to trust God mm-hmm. um, because, like I said, going out into this, we didn't know what we were doing, but. God gave us the confidence and he paved the way mm-hmm. to, that everything was easy. And um, like we have our we have our hard times, but we've never struggled to do anything. Mm-hmm. Um, we've never had to cancel a show. We've never not had enough funds to take care of our people or pay our bills. So you, you just got to trust. Yeah. Trust God. And, and it's big. Something else you said, Johnny, was it stuck out was like you said the ticket price was too high and just a few weeks ago when we were Miss Sue Ham mm-hmm. she was talking about the same thing and we was talking about that post that she had put out was saying black business doesn't mean cheap or free absolutely so and I know you guys probably get that about ticket prices like you were saying what what else would be we get uh senior citizens discount church members discount I done came to all y'all shows you know. You know, we get all kinds all of kind stuff. All kinds of stuff. Well, yeah. I, I paid for a ticket last time, but I didn't get to come. This was three years ago. Mm. And That's it, crazy. Oh, $25. You 
you'll spend twenty five dollars in a week at McDonald's for two or three yep. days. But um, and that's that's really cheap compared to some of the prices. They'll will people will spend ninety five dollars, hundred and five dollars to go see Tyler Perry at Spartanburg Memorial Auditorium, but complain about spending twenty five dollars for somebody that's has the same type of quality. Which is insane. It's like, why, why do we have an issue investing in our own people? Yeah. And like we were saying, she was like, we, we won't invest in our own people, but we won't hesitate to go in and pay somebody else yeah, and absolutely. go buy a $300 outfit or stuff mm-hmm. like that, which is insane. But we won't do it for our people. Like, I just I just don't understand that at all. Either. It's like we just, I, I think it's, it's our culture, our mindsets are it's, 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 it's off a little bit because um, I look at our Caucasian people. Um, different ethnicities, they band together. They stick together. They stick 100%. together. One hundred percent. And they make sure that their money cycles in their circle. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. They leave legacies for their children. We're the ones who will invest all of our resources into what they sell. And yep. Won't even support our own. Mm-hmm. Exactly. And we can have the exact same, like you said, the exact same quality, but just because of the name mm-hmm. on it. No. Then we want to invest in our people. And I was I'm, I was actually reading the history of the black dollar. And it was talking about how the money, like in the Jewish community, stays in the community for maybe like a month or two or mm-hmm. something. And in other communities, like a week. But in the African-American community, it stays in the community for six hours and then it's back out. It's mm-hmm. like we don't we don't recycle. We don't invest in our people enough. Mm-hmm. Sometimes I feel like, man, I don't even know if we're going to ever get it. I hate to say it, but I, agree, I, agree with I was you. like, I don't know if we'll ever get it because it's like. Too much back and forth, and like we try to pull our people up, then we always. And then you have that that stigma of people who do get it and they do right and they leave legacy uh, for their children, and then it's like we we frown at them and we think they oh they think they're better than us mm-hmm. when mm-hmm. They, they're doing what what they're supposed to do. Yep. So and like you said, people like take it as too high, and and y'all not gonna make it. But it's like they don't understand your vision and, and where you're trying to Absolutely. go. And, I mean, and then. There's so much work that goes behind the scene. There's so many countless hours, unlimited resources that come out of our pockets to put this type of stuff on. I get people think, oh, y'all doing these plays. And y'all got y'all we, making money and no. No. There there have been plenty of shows where we walked away with absolutely zero. Mm-hmm. But people don't understand this mm-hmm. stuff. Like they don't understand what you put into it. They don't understand how you invest in yourself. And I and I've had that issue before well, a few times. Like I Tell people, hey, I want to do an interview, or you might, I might let them know. Look, I can do it for you. It might cost this much, but once you tell them how much it costs, mm-hmm. okay, I'll let you know. Yeah. And then you never hear nothing again. Yeah. It's like, man, do you? Are you really trying to invest in yourself and in, in people like you, your own people, or is it just you want something free all the time? Absolutely. Okay. I think that's what we've been programmed to think that just because it's us, we're supposed to get it for free. Mm-hmm. And, and like Miss Suhan was saying, she was just so spot on. And I posted that clip. She was just saying, people think because it's black owned that it lacks the, the quality oh, yeah. and the excellence when it's not that case. I mean, don't get me wrong. Some of our people, they will try to get old, Absolutely. but it's not everybody. Like, we're really out here just trying to make it and get ahead because, we, I mean, like, we've been behind the eight ball for so long. So, yeah. But then we do have some of our own people trying to help us out and do more for us. Then we just don't want to support it and and that's, and that's what I'm we, we try to make sure that our uh, presentation is of such excellent quality that when you see the trailers, you already can see, man, this is it's legit. It's legit. Mm-hmm. Do you feel like you guys are actually living in your purpose? 
Absolutely. Absolutely. To be able to impact so many people's lives. Um, I never forget the very first show we did was entitled Cry Nobody Heard. And um, one of the young ladies that was a part of the show uh, at the table read, she shared with us that before she got the call to say she was going to be a part of the show, she was getting ready to commit suicide. Mm. And just thinking about, had we not walked inside of our purpose, what could have happened? There's another actor, a guy, um, he's one of our most comical characters, Chris Smith. Uh, he talked about how he had done acting 20, 30 years ago, and he had given up on it. He thought he was too old to do it. Now he's one of our fan favorites that we can't do a show without having a minute. Right, and not only that, he's traveling just about every week mm-hmm. to go film on different TV shows. Yeah, Netflix and, series. And, and, yeah. and so it's just like we ignited a passion in him that had died so it's just like our purpose and what we're doing is so much bigger than just me Mm -hmm. and him Mm -hmm. and that's what we think about anytime that we get discouraged and we feel like you know what i don't want to do this do this anymore we always think about like if we make that decision who's going to be collateral damage based off of what what we decide Mm -hmm. to do because it doesn't just affect us it affects the people that are dependent on us to go forward and, and, and push the vision. So Absolutely. I, I tell myself that all the time. Uh, I have days where I'm down. Some, I had so many times where I try to reach out to people and for interviews and it's ignored or denied. And it's just like, man, I just had to keep on going. I tell what I'm doing now is it's bigger than me. I want to show people that that you can do the same thing that I'm doing and create your own opportunity. And like we was talking about on, in the, on the way here, on the ride here, it's like, man, for me, I want to be able to pass something down generational for mm-hmm. my kids to show them that it's not okay to settle. Don't just settle for a job. Just be more Absolutely. than a, that's why I name my company more than a job because you're more than a job, more than a nine to five. Just picking up a check, invest in yourself, and I want to invest in my people and show them the same way. But you know, it's like we were saying, it's hard. But you know, I just tell myself what I'm doing is is greater than me. Mm-hmm. I always have to tell myself that it's it's greater than what I'm doing. Yeah, that, that's one of the things that keeps us going is uh, people <clears throat> may not see it or recognize it now. And I don't understand why why it happens this way. We don't appreciate something until we see it on a grand, bigger scale. Mm-hmm. If Tyler Perry was to pick up one of our shows today and say, I'm going to send it on a 30-city tour, that's my cousin. That's my cousin. That's yeah. my but you have the opportunity to, to support us right now. Mm-hmm. It's an undescribable feeling to... Um, see my family members, to see my church members, to see some of my friends. Um, and you, when Tyler came through Spartanburg with the farewell tour, mm-hmm. like I just seen so many people that have never been to a show of ours. And mm-hmm. I'm just like, wow, you know, they That's never crazy. had the time, they never had the money. It's always an excuse when you ask them to come to a show, but you know, they found a way to be it's here. crazy. And and I, I heard that before. I heard several people say this is sometimes. The people closer to you won't even support you like the most. Believe it. And they know you. Absolutely. Believe it. Yeah, that's that's definitely true. People I have been connected to for years, done all kinds of things with, been there to support them, their kids, everything. I can't get them to share a flyer. can't get them to like a post on social media. That stuff used to bother me, but I know that our impact is making such a greater um, difference that they may not like it, but they see it. Yeah, absolutely. But then, like you said, if <clears throat> when you guys blow, because I know you guys, well, I believe in you. We're going to support you next weekend. But when they see it on a grand scale, a big scale, it's like, hey, 
now we want to invest in like that's my cousin like right. you were saying mm-hmm. but when you had the chance it was like where were you at then but let me ask you guys just a few more questions we'll be we'll wrap it up but how do you guys feel that you've grown individually from start to where you are now uh for me i've become a lot more level-headed um i used to be a hothead when we first started it but just taking into consideration what really matters and how um all of our actions are a direct can be a result and be seen on our business side and so that's one of the things that i try to ensure that um we walk things in integrity we do things diligent and it's honorable it's a confidence thing for me um had you been doing this three years ago i probably would have been standing outside the door <laughs> watching this because i don't like to talk mm-hmm. um like ours, anytime they say something like, "Oh, y'all gonna say something about the play?" I would be like, "You know, what I'm yeah. Johnny, go ahead and do all the talking." Um, so I've grown um, as far as my confidence level, being able to to talk and be more, uh, communicate more. So yeah, that's yeah. that's been a major growth for me. Because I always like to get the people in front of the camera to show people how they actually built their business. Like you said, you didn't really care for talking it in, in the start. But do you feel like, from a business standpoint, do you would you rather be in front to let people know who you are so they can support your business? Or would you say, no, nah, I don't want to want people to know who whose business this is because if they know who I am, then they may not support it. I used to, to think it would be best to, oh, I don't want them to know. I just want them to, to see it. But something you said earlier, I want young black boys that I want them to see, hey, that's, that's somebody who looks like me. Look mm-hmm. what he's doing. And if he can do it, I can do it. So now I feel like it's important to put a face um, to be seen, to be heard, so people can recognize that anything is possible. You just gotta go for it. I, guess, uh, I go. I agree wholeheartedly with Kerry. Um, it used to be we wanted to put the business out, but now it's about um, being a light for somebody else. Because mm-hmm. just to say, hey, he came from poverty, from absolutely nothing, and look what he has accomplished. Mm-hmm. Look what he, and this is inspiring to me. That's I don't true. have to be a product of my environment. This and, is where hard work and dedication goes. And it's black owned. Yeah. Like we said, we're like we always bring it back to that. It's, it's black owned. It's our people creating, creating our own opportunities, putting ourselves in position, and putting our people in position. But um, what would you guys say is the blueprint for business if you had to lay it out? Um, being precise, having a plan, having action, uh, making sure that you f- having follow through. That is the biggest. That's the blueprint to be successful. People will um, doubt what you say, doubt what you do, but they will always believe what they see. Mm-hmm. A good team. Mm-hmm. Um, like I said, you have to surround yourself with people that believe in you and believe in what you're doing. Um, like we have, we have a wonderful team, and we wouldn't be able to do half of the things mm-hmm. that we've accomplished without our team. So. So after after this project, I don't want to skip by. I'm just, let me hold it up real quick. We have collateral damage right here. This is next Saturday. What's the time for next? Six p.m. Six p.m. Open at five. Do you are you guys already looking ahead, planning other things, or is it just just right now just collateral damage for um, the time? We we, we stay um, with something for us. Um, we're working on so we we break down from the stage plays after this for this year, and then we'll be finishing up some film projects, and then we'll go back to the theater. 
stuff um, for our season, which just starts January to uh, September. And during this time, we'll meet and plan out our whole 2020 season. Okay. Just a couple more questions. I want to go back to Tyler Perry real quick. You said that I saw that you posted that you actually went to the studio. What What did that do for you when you got a chance to go visit? Oh, that was one of the most rewarding feelings to step foot onto something black owned mm-hmm. and to see what one man's hard work has done and has built. To be inside of one of his studios, it w- it, it inspired me so much to chase my dream. Um, because if he can do it, to be seven foot on his property, sitting in his studio, one of the most rewarding films in the world. And not only that, um, on the BET Awards, when he shared what it was. Yep. Mm-hmm. That was deep. Yeah. 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 So to, and he said that, you know, what, hundreds of Confederates uh, come and they try to oppress the black people, and now it's owned by one. Mm-hmm. So. If you had this, just came to my mind. If, if both of you had one question to ask him or just a comment to say to him, what what would it be? For me, it would be thank you, thank you, mm-hmm. thank you, thank mm-hmm. you. Final, my final question. Then we're gonna wrap it up. What it, what would you? What is your ultimate goal? Our ultimate goal is to be one of the leading entertainment companies across this country, um, providing opportunities to so many. Um, overlooked individuals, building confidence, giving back to our communities, um, and this being a light to show that anything is possible. Mm-hmm. Yeah, we we want to be the the Tyler Perry's of the Upstate of South Carolina. Um, we want to have our own facility where we can have our own plays, where we can shoot our own shows, and um, provide opportunities for people. For they don't have to feel like they got to go to Atlanta or they have to go to L.A. or they have to go to New York. They can come right here to the upstate and have those same opportunities that any other actors or actresses have. All right. Well, I appreciate you, fellas, again. So next Saturday we have Collateral Damage. Make sure you guys go check it out. We'll be there in attendance. Um, and it said, uh, what was it at again? Chapman, Coach Chapman. Chapman. I always want to say the Spawnwork Memorial Auditorium <laughs> every, every, every time. Day. But make sure you guys go check it out. We'll be there. Like you said, it's our people. We need to invest in ourselves and our community. So make sure you guys go check it out. And real quick, can you tell everybody where to find you guys on social media? Uh, you can find me, uh, Johnny Sizemore, on Facebook, Mr. J Sizemore on Instagram. Uh, you can follow Showtime Productions on Facebook at Showtime Productions GBL, Instagram, Showtime Productions GBL, or our website, Showtime Productions GBL.com. And I am Carrick Montonio on Facebook and Mr. Underscore Montonio 86 on Instagram. All right. Well, I hope you guys enjoyed. Appreciate you fellas again. Appreciate and for you. everybody listening, thank you, Miss Charlene from Charlene's Home Cooking for sponsoring this podcast again. So also make sure you guys check us out. We just got on Spotify. We're on YouTube, iTunes, SoundCloud. So we're, we're st- step by step. We're getting there as That's well. Awesome. So yeah, it's just a constant grind. Keep my fingers crossed. We may be on another platform later on, but I don't, don't want to say it just yet. But thank you guys again. Appreciate you, fellas. Thank you, Miss Charlene from Charlene's Home Cooking. Until next time, keep chasing your dreams. This is Cross the Line Podcast. Thank you for listening.